Welcome to another Jags podcast. This is our Friday morning episode after the Jaguars have defeated the Tennessee Titans on Thursday night. It feels so good to finally, finally beat the Titans. We're going to get into all of that greatness that happened last night. But before we do, make sure you follow us on Twitter. We are at another Jags pod, Instagram, another Jags podcast, YouTube. We are at another Jags podcast. Just search it and you'll find it. You can follow me personally. On Twitter at jtrent904. Let's jump right into the Titans game. So last night, for those of us that were at the stadium, we brought our ponchos. We stood in the rain. We fought the elements. And it was all worth it to see the Jaguars defensive line with nine sacks last night. Nine sacks. And really, it would have been more. I mean, the Titans were holding left and right. Potentially, that game could have been in the double-digit sacks. I mean, Josh Allen was held a bunch. Clay's Campbell was held a bunch. And fortunately for us, they were calling most of them. Clayus Campbell, three sacks, four tackles for loss. Man, Clayus Campbell beasted out last game. How about Ronnie Harrison with 10 tackles last night? Jalen Ramsey had nine tackles last night. Josh Allen, two sacks. I mean, is, is there any... Uh, there, was, there was downs where I saw Josh Allen not on the field. And I understand people need rest, but... Dude, Josh Allen needs to be on the field every single play. I mean, that guy is like one of the best players we have on our defense. Taven Bryan, welcome to the team, Taven Bryan, right? Was this his coming out party? I know he played pretty well last game, but uh, this might have been the game where people were like, all right, maybe we owe Taven Bryan an apology. It's almost as if a player drafted 28th overall needed a year to develop or something like that. Now, I don't want to upset all my fans because I have a bunch of fans that uh, hate Taven Bryan for whatever reason, but uh, let's just give him a chance, right? That's what we've been saying all along. Let's give the guy a chance and it looks like he might be Finally coming around. AJ Boye, man, he played great in pass coverage yesterday. He, I think he had two pass defenses and, um, you know, covered well, forced some bad throws out of Mariota, who looked absolutely terrible. But the two guys that stood out to me the most, and and the two guys I want to talk about who really, really played well. First of all, Quincy Williams, eight tackles, four solo tackles. I mean, Quincy Williams might be like one of the biggest steals in the draft. And I know Gardner Minshew, like I understand the whole Gardner Minshew situation, but people are not talking about Quincy Williams. This That dude's good, man. I think there was only one play uh, where he was covering Adam Humphreys on like a wheel route or a vertical, which really isn't the greatest matchup in the world. Not to say that Quincy Williams isn't fast, just, you know, I don't know much, how much of a pass coverage guy he is. And I think he does pretty well, but I mean, that's the only time I think I was like, okay, Quincy, come on. But all the other times, I mean, he he looked good. The other guy, a big shout-out to is Leon Jacobs, man. Leon Jacobs in the first half and in the beginning of the second half looked really, really good. And another guy that, like, the Jags kind of stole in late rounds. And this team's, I mean, I know we can't base a lot off of yesterday as far as, like, how good they are in the future because, I mean, it was raining, it was wet, the Mariota's terrible, the Titans' offensive line was missing Taylor Luan. Which I don't think would have made that big of a difference, but because I think Kelly, who filled in for the one, actually played pretty well considering the offensive line, everyone on that offensive line. Uh, I think I think some of these players are looking like they're going to be pretty good draft picks, and and that, that's exciting to me. 
But the story of the day has to be Gardner Minshew, does it not? I mean, Gardner Minshew, for the third straight game, has come in and just really played well. I mean, 20 for 30, 204 yards, two touchdowns, and 108.2 quarterback rating. Why? Because the guy did not turn the ball over. I mean, was his yards per attempt that great? No, it was 6.8. But you know what? There was a lot of design plays where it was the play action boot out to D.D. Westbrook or the quick throw to James O'Shaughnessy. And just overall, Gardner Minshew definitely outplayed Mariota. Mariota had more yards, but a lot of that was on the garbage time. It was last drive of the game. I mean, Mariota's quarterback rating was 28.1. I mean, that's... That's not good. I mean, there's no secret that Mariota is not good, but I was lurking on the Titans subreddit this morning, and they some of them were calling for Tannehill to be the starter. They were talking about it didn't matter who was the starter behind that terrible offensive line. They were blaming the refs. Tom Brady had that tweet that was like, oh, these refs are ruining the game. Like, if you want to call that that roughing the passer, like, okay, like – you could have flipped a coin on that. And if I had a, a dollar for every time the Jaguars got called for that, it would, it would be, I'd be rich. But the holding calls were so blatant. And you couldn't, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, look, I'm a Jags fan who's complained about holding calls in the past. I know an offensive line who has to hold because they can't contain a defensive line. Happened in the Chiefs game, happened in the Texans game. But, I mean, that's what it looked like. They could not contain our defensive line and they had to hold left and right. And that put us in that put Tennessee behind the sticks, put us in a good down and distance, and it worked out pretty well. And, I, and I'm, I'm glad to see that our D line was forcing that. Back to Gardner Minshew, though. I mean, the throws that he was making. I mean, think about it. I mean, D.D. Westbrook had like three drops in that game, and like he had one touchdown drop. It was a beautiful ball that Minshew put over Westbrook's left shoulder in the corner of the end zone on a, like a wheel route or, you know, I don't know where he was running it from, or maybe a, a corner. And Westbrook just straight drops the ball over the shoulder. If he catches that, I mean, Minshew's stats are unbelievable. A couple throws that, you know, one throw bounced off Leonard Fournette's hands, and that's going to happen. And I know every quarterback has to fight through that. But Minshew potentially could have had like another game where he could have led the league in like stats as far as like percentage and touchdowns. Think about that. Gardner Minshew is on pace to be the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. He was the first rookie quarterback out of all of them drafted to have a touchdown over Kyler Murray, over Daniel Jones, over Dwayne Haskins. Gardner Minshew is the story, and the legacy is building. And I got, I got sent an interesting question um, on Twitter. It was actually from um, our good boy Jim Bro Fisher. Uh, and he says, if Minshew continues to play well, is there a chance that Nick Foles doesn't get his job back. Now, I know people are thinking like, okay, that's a, that's a lot of money. Potentially, you may have to eat some of that contract, but you could trade him. I mean, you could trade him to the to the Raiders. Yeah, you could trade him to a team that needs a quarterback. I mean, I can definitely see that. Bron- I mean, the Broncos are playing Flacco some serious cash, but I can see Elway trading for Foles. I can see the Panthers trading for Foles. But I mean, hey, I mean, it's a good position. Having two quarterbacks, people always say having two quarterbacks is having no quarterbacks, but I would rather have two quarterbacks than no quarterbacks. I know that makes no sense at all, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I'd rather have two quarterbacks that i got to figure out how to get on the field rather than having no quarterback that can play. How about DJ Chark, man? 
DJ Chark, I mean, what a game at DJ Chark. Four receptions, 76 yards, 19 yard per reception average. He's kind of turning into that deep play guy. I mean, he's not only is our number one, he's our he's our deep threat. I mean, he's putting up stats that are similar to Keelan Coles in 2017. Stretching the field, you know, a handful of catches left and right that are just deep bombs, making back shoulder catches, making fade route catches. I mean, four receptions on five targets. I mean, Chark, I mean, I, I haven't looked it up and I will, but the, the target to reception ratio has to be like amongst the best in the league. Where you have a player like D.D. Westbrook who was targeted nine times and, and only had five receptions for 46 yards with like three drops. Now, one throw was like was beamed at him. But I mean, come on. Westbrook, I, I, I need to see a little bit more out of you, man. Come on, let's go. Like, we're, we're looking to you and... And we need you to step up. If we're going to make a run at this division, we need you to step up. Chris Conley, I think he's doing what everyone expected him to do. Two receptions, 30 yards with a 15-yard average. I mean, that's pretty good. I mean, I like that. And only three targets. Leonard Fournette. I thought Leonard Fournette played great. I mean, I know his, his rushing yards like were, were not good. I think he had 15 carries for 66 yards, and he had a long of 69, meaning before that long run of 69, he had... Negative four yards. But, I mean, if you look back and watch the film, I mean, the first quarter, like, Fournette ran the ball pretty well. And the second quarter and the third quarter is when he kind of got eaten up behind the line of scrimmage. And he just couldn't he couldn't get any yards running forward. He had that one run play where, like, he ended up running backwards and lost, like, nine yards on a play. That's not going to help your average. He still ended up with an average of 4.4 because of that 69-yard run. But what I liked the most, it's almost as if the Jags were listening to us when we were talking all week, is that they got Leonard Fournette the ball in space. Six receptions for Fournette, 26 yards. Like, I know that's not a lot of yards, but give Leonard Fournette the ball in space. It's a much better attack than running him between the tackles. I mean, he led the team in receptions. Like, we said this over and over again last week is you have to treat Leonard Fournette more like Alvin Kamara than Ezekiel Elliott, which is strange because he's viewed as like an Ezekiel Elliott type guy, like run between the tackles, but he, he really is more of like a Saquon, Alvin Kamara, get the ball to him in space than he is a guy that's just going to like bruise one yard, one yard, one yard. That doesn't work. All right, we're going to take a quick break. And then uh, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about, um, obviously, Jalen Ramsey's still tad. And then we're going to talk about a couple other things that I was super pumped about in the game. And uh, so listen, to, uh, hang tight uh, for these messages and uh, we'll be right back. All right. Well, welcome back to another Jags podcast. This is our post game reaction to the titans and the jags thursday night game when the jags finally got over the hump of beating the titans if you haven't yet followed us on twitter go follow us like uh we cut up game film all week we're gonna put up some sweet uh footage up from the game um the coaches film we're gonna put up the you know the plays that stood out to us things like that um if you're on twitter uh, make sure you follow us it's a lot of good content also if you're on instagram like we post on instagram now uh, i post a couple clips a day on instagram so when you're scrolling through your feed you can catch some good clips of the jags like who doesn't want to see that in the middle of their day i know i do all right an interesting dynamic i thought of the game was how the fans treated Jalen ramsey at first like you could hear some like a little bit of booze 
But then, like, the cheers kind of, like, overpowered him. I, I know there was, like, this groundswell of the We Want Ramsey chant at the beginning of the game. I didn't hear that. Uh, I was kind of listening for it, but I didn't I didn't hear it. I know, like, uh, people tried to do it. I know the Jags subreddit talked about trying to get that started. Um, but, unfortunately, most of the Jags subreddit people don't live in Jacksonville, so they don't usually go to the game, which is understandable because it's a form. But the fans, I felt like, were okay with Jalen Ramsey. But what I want to kind of get into is the way Jalen Ramsey played. Like, I know people, there was like a bunch of people on Twitter that were like, man, we need to keep Jalen Ramsey. We need to sign him. Man, he played really, really well against the run. And he did a decent job of shedding blocks, setting the edge, which he always, always has. I mean, that's the most underrated part of his game is his ability to tackle and to play defense in space. Um, even though, I mean, everyone knows he's a great coverage corner. Uh, he did have nine total tackles, five solos. I mean, that, that puts him up there at the top of the team, just below Ronnie Harrison. But as far as his pass coverage went, like, it's not that he played bad. I mean, he didn't play bad at all. But the whole time that I was thinking, I was like, would Trey Herndon have played any worse? Like, maybe they would have picked on him if Trey Herndon was out there. Like, maybe just Ramsey being out there kind of shut down Corey Davis for a lot of the game. And I think there was at at, at sometimes I think uh, Ramsey was covering uh, Tajay Sharp, but I mean Corey Davis and Tajay Sharp had a combined five receptions. But I mean they did have a combined one hundred four one hundred four yards, and I think most of the time that's who Ramsey was covering. I mean you could, say, but you know like I said, if Trey Herndon's out there, does he get picked on? Probably because you notice the Titans tried to pick on AJ Boye and it didn't really work out. AJ Boye had a great game. It's about time because we're paying him a lot of money. Uh, and he's a good corner, and it was good to see him uh, do that. Uh, DJ Hayden continues to play well in the secondary. Continues to to be that guy that is never no one ever talks about yet is solid over and over again. But yeah, I, I just couldn't help but wonder if Trey Herndon was out there, would we have seen a drop-off in coverage? Because Ramsey didn't play great in coverage. In fact, I thought he was playing a little bit off like 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 off of the receiver, like lined up pre-snap off of the receiver. Not like he played off, like his game was off. Like there was plays where we were blitzing, I think, like seven or eight guys. And Marriott had to get rid of the ball quick, and I, and I look at the coverage, and you have A.J. Boye pretty much playing press coverage. You have Ronnie Harrison pretty much playing press coverage on the slot. And you have Ramsey like 10 to 12 yards off. It's just an easy little dump down. Like, I don't know if he, if he was doing his own thing right then. I'm sure the coaches give a guy like Jalen Ramsey the liberty to kind of pick his pre-snap alignment, whether it be like press or off. Uh, so I don't, I don't know what that was all about. Um, but obviously, I, I would love Jalen Ramsey to stay on the team. But it's kind of turning into like Ramsey or Ngakwe. I know everyone says like, oh, you can pay both. Like, yeah, we probably could. But how it's kind of shaping up now is that Ramsey's probably going to be gone and hopefully we can get Ngakwe signed to a, a long term. If, if we trade Ramsey, like you got to give Ngakwe whatever he wants. Although I don't think Ngakwe's playing as good as he has been. And I don't like Ngakwe in that stand-up two-point rush from the edge. Like I, I don't feel like he's that effective out there. And Josh Allen and Clayus Campbell are just feasting right now. I thought Darius was okay. I didn't really notice him that much. But I'm glad he's out there. I, mean, I know he definitely helps against the run. He can two-gap in the middle of the field, which is good. It helps any defense. 
But I really think the difference in this game was the linebackers and how they stepped up. Even Najee Good out there was like not bad. <laughs> Najee Good wasn't that bad. But uh, like I said, Quincy Williams is like becoming one of my favorite players on the team. Like he is out there stroking people. He had a quote after the game where he was like, uh, everyone said Derrick Henry was like a truck. He's a truck. He's a truck. But I just go after the guy with the football. A guy that hits that hard and runs that fast, how can you not like him? All right, last thing about Jalen, and hopefully like this is the last thing we talk about with Jalen until he gets traded because I'm, I'm kind of tired of talking about him, to be honest. But this question did come in from Brent Papineau, and Brent Papineau throws some great questions at us. He says, if Jalen's beef is with Coughlin, is it time for Coughlin to go? I support the team over Jalen, but we need to have a serious discussion about the future before trading possibly the best player the Jags have ever had up to this point if he ends up being a Hall of Famer. Now, I agree with this to a certain extent. I do feel like Coughlin's kind of hindering the players wanting to be here. At the same time, though, Jalen Ramsey is kind of a loudmouth distraction. Um, if it were like, what, what concerns me is that like guys like Miles Jack and, and guys like, you know, DJ Hayden and, and guys like Jared Wilson, like they're like rallying behind Jalen Ramsey and they're like kind of, you could tell by the way they were acting on the sidelines during the skirmish in the Texans game. They were siding with Jalen Ramsey. That's the only thing that I have issue with is, is when the whole team's rallying against you, then maybe there is a Coughlin issue. If it's just Jalen, like, look, we see like, we see this happen all the time. Personalities like Jalen Ramsey get mad and they want to get out. Like, I know people are hard on Coughlin because of the way that he, his approach to the game. But it's not that much different than Bill Belichick's approach to the game. And if you ask any of those same people that want Coughlin out, they would tell you they would take Bill Belichick here in a heartbeat. Anybody would. And his style of management is the exact same as Coughlin's. So, but because Belichick has Super Bowls, obviously, he can kind of do whatever he wants. Interesting question, though. Um, I really, really don't know to, an to answer your question. I I don't feel like like man like these players are developing the the only honestly the only issue I have with Coughlin right now is the way they handle they're handling the quarterback situation extending Bortles signing Foles I don't think I would have done either one of those moves you could have gotten away with another year of not extending Bortles and then you would have saved so much money knowing that he was not that bad not that good Foles I would not have brought in Foles I would have brought in a cheap veteran to stop gap between quarterbacks. And guess what? You would have still had Gardner Minshew come in. So there's no Bortles on the books. There's no Foles on the books. How much money do you have now? And now you roll into the season with Gardner Minshew, a bunch of money in cap room. You can go out and get whoever you want. You could have brought in a guy like Antonio Brown. I know he's a headache. You could have brought in anyone. Golden Tate. You could have brought in... Trent Williams, you could have, you mean, you could have bolstered this team with so much cap room and people, I know you can say all you want. Oh, well, hindsight's 2020. No, I mean, this is, these are all things that we talked about on this podcast. There's archives of them. These are all things that we said, maybe not extend Bortles. Let's wait and let him play out his fifth year option. Or maybe let's not sign Nick Foles. Let's go get a cheap veteran that can kind of come in and get us to next year's draft and draft a quarterback high. So, I don't know. That's the only issue I have with Coughlin is the way he's handling the quarterback position. But you can't say 
much bad about the way he's drafting. Because if Taven Bryant turns out to be a, a decent player like he's looking like, I mean, they're pretty much hitting on every single draft pick regardless of the round. So, I'm right, just going to wrap up this episode. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we appreciate you guys for spending your time with us. Look, we're just glad that the Jags got a win. And the Jags are, are, you know, they're tied for first in the AFC South. It's crazy. The AFC South is wide open this year. Super excited about the Broncos game in Denver. Um, I'll be there. So hopefully I can be able to snap some nice picks from Mile High Stadium. Um, we're actually checking out a uh, Rockies game the night before. So it should be exciting. Uh, thank you guys again so much for listening. Make sure to follow us on all your social media platforms. And uh, you can catch us for our next mailbag, which will probably be tomorrow or the next day. Thanks for listening. And as always, go Jags.